for all things, for all things KC, KC, for everything Chiefs. It's always game it's day. always game day in Kansas City. Now here's your host, Kayla Kinnearum and Cody Tapp. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the It's Always Game Day in Kansas City podcast. I am your host, Kayla Kinnearum. Joining me as always is my co-host Cody Tapp and our producer, Nick Schwert. We are sad Chiefs fans at the moment. Um yeah, instant reaction after the game. Obviously, as we know, the Chiefs took an L to the Colts. The Colts, you guys. 20 to 17. We are now two and one on the season. When I said that I thought we were going to go five and one through the first six, I did not have that L coming to the Colts on my bingo card. We're obviously going to dissect everything. Guys, initial reaction. How are we feeling? We are bummed. Well, I mean, I predicted a 31 to 7 win, so I would say that I didn't <laughs> see it coming. But they're not supposed to lose to that team. They had no business losing to that team. Hell, even they played a bad game and the special teams was garbage and they still shouldn't have lost to that team. Like there's like if you look at efficiency per play, if you look at which quarterback played better, how bad Matt Ryan looked for a large majority of it. There's a million reasons that if you had told me they held Jonathan Taylor in check, Michael Pittman didn't kill them. We get they had fourth down stops. Like there's a million reasons why they should have won that game. You can tell by watching that game, they're the better team. And yet, a comedy of errors, like what happens against teams that you're not supposed to lose to occur, and then you lose a game against the Colts, you have, again, no business losing. Because that's a worse, that's not a good football team. And you just lost him. And I don't know why it's always the Colts. I guess I thought when, when uh, I'll say this, when, when Patrick Mahomes came around, I washed all of the like dumb bullshit about other teams that like cause problems or that's a Chiefs way to lose. I'm like, ah, Mahomes is here. I don't, I don't care about the the Colts anymore. But no, I don't know. They're just like cursed against that franchise every time. Nick, they beat him this way in like every single season. It's impossible. Yeah, it was that f- the second year of Mahomes' career, right, where they had that. What was it, nineteen to seventeen? Yep. Loss it makes no sense, and this one doesn't make sense either. Like I watched the game, I understand how they lost, but I mean, we did a. 45 minutes on Friday about how much of a joke the Colts were, how this might be the worst roster in the NFL. And I want to make one thing perfectly clear. I stand by everything I tell about the Colts. <laughs> this was, this was not a game. Us. Well, this wasn't a game where, oh, uh, well, they just came to play. The Colts played a great game and they were ready to go. They were no, gifted one touchdowns. Chief- yeah. And then Squits <laughs> with the rest of the game scoring six points until the very final drive. Yeah, so this and this wasn't um, this wasn't a game where you come away like uh, against the Chargers and you say, okay, like Mahomes maybe was just a little off, maybe he was a little amped up. Mahomes was the best quarterback in the game. He was the one guy for the Chiefs that looked as though he was ready to play today at noon in Indianapolis. So it was just like I know it's so cliche. This is something that Andy Reid probably said in his press conference. I haven't heard it all yet. I'm assuming Andy Reid said something along the lines of, "We weren't ready to play today." I didn't he do a good enough exactly. job getting my guys prepared. Yeah, of course. Because, but in this one instance, it's not just a cliche. It feels like it's actually true. Well, I mean, they're five and they were five and f- five in the Andy Reid year coming off of Thursday Night Football. I don't know why, but that's not a good time off for him. Mm-hmm. A whole bye week, great for Andy Reid. Normal amount of rest, great for Andy Reid. Short rest, great for Andy Reid. Ten days, it's like the magical number where things fall apart. That that's I don't know why. There's no real good logic. We we had this conversation, Nick both uh, on, on the regular radio show in Kansas City, where I, I feel like it must be that 
it's like just enough to throw off his routine in a way that doesn't like either he overthinks or gets cute. Cause I mean, they're running fake field goals on fourth and 11. Even if Tommy Townsend completed that, they weren't converting it. They're, you know, like everything again, every little and Tommy's got to, Tommy's got to take the L today. Come on, bud. I know you're a punter, but fourth and long, you got to find a way to convert there. Got to find a way to hit the yeah. man. He I was, was perfect yeah. until then. He had a perfect passer rating until today. I didn't. Yeah, I did not like getting cute when we're the the game is that close. That was not okay. Well, and the, I guess Kayla kind of unnecessary because they're the better team. The teams who do the dumb nonsense in the middle of the game, they're the worst ones. They're the bad teams just trying to make things happen and pray and hope. Like, that's it. I get it. People are going to, like, make it seem like something, you know, us being too confident. That's the reason. I'm like, no, the Chiefs played bad, and they should feel bad for how they played. The offense was the second worst part of the problem, but obviously the two things that we're going to, you know, like two things that are focused on in this game are Chris Jones and the special teams. Like, which one cost them the game more? And it's going to feel like Chris Jones because if he just doesn't talk for, and I know that, I look, I don't think it should be an NFL penalty, but you also know that if you talk uh, trash to the opposing quarterback in the moment, in the fourth quarter, for an officiating crew who'd thrown a lot of weird flags or not thrown some, you're running into that. But the special teams cost them this game more than anything today. It was yeah, a disaster. I, I would actually push back a little bit on the idea that I mean, I, I get the impact that the Chris Jones penalty had, but I don't like when we do this thing where we only complain about it the one time it costs you. Now, all of a sudden, we all are sitting here acting, and I'm just, I say we all because I saw the live reaction on social oh, media sure. of everybody mm-hmm. crushing Chris Jones for that. I'm like, we don't ever criticize guys for talking smack, ever. So to act like now is the time when we can all kind of puff our chests out and say, well, you just you can't do that there. I'm like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure you can kind of talk trash. There's a line that you know you can't cross, and we don't know what he said. But the guy has Chris Jones ever gotten flagged for trash talking before? So now I don't, yes. I don't understand. Yes, that's but the only problem. Nick. I think I would give talking. I give an example, but but Chris Jones has gotten plenty of bad personal foul calls. Like he's got a bit of a reputation for it. Like it or not, he's gotten a number of those. This is not a good time to get a penalty. Chris Jones got a penalty for the team. So it's, and I, again, I don't think, I think you should be allowed to say whatever the hell you want on the field. Like, barring it being racial or, you know, like, barring it, like, really taking yeah, a, there's line a line that's too far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if it's just like, you suck, sucks to be you, you should have gotten that first down, dummy, then it doesn't matter. Who cares? But they called it, and that moment cost him. But, like, right. I'm not nearly as mad at Chris Jones, Kayla, as I am the special teams. I agree, because it, it shouldn't have come down to that changing the game. It should have just, we should have been exactly. better at the beginning, like, um, which well, so your point, what, what constitutes unsportsmanlike conduct? Like, what did he have to say for them to get the penalty? So he says he so doesn't here's what, what he said. Yeah. This is, this is the quote from Sam McDowell of the Kansas city star. He says, Chris Jones doesn't remember exactly what he said. He took full blame for the loss. When I asked if he's done this type of thing before without a flag, he said, quote, listen, I've never been flagged for talking. And that might be true. He just has a reputation for other, like... He's definitely... Oh, yeah. It was like the, the Travis Kelsey, the defense. Like, hey, man, can't really be getting a penalty right now. Can't have you hitting the quarterback at that moment. Can't... You know, it's... Again, I don't think that it's the end of the world, but the... Because, again, the special teams thing was far more frustrating. They tried to fake field goal. They missed. They did this. And 
honestly, maybe even more than Chris Jones, why isn't Andy calling timeouts at the end? Why is he just standing around watching them milk the clock, know that they're going to play for a touchdown in the final seconds? And yeah, maybe they won't get it, but why not have an alternate plan? Because if they do score the touchdown, why not have a few extra seconds remaining to actually get it done? I know that they were close, but maybe you don't have to take that risky throw if you're Patrick Mahomes, the one that eventually gets picked off, if you've got, say, 27 more seconds instead of just the 10, 8, 7 you had there. You had 7, I think, in that final play. If that's the case, you have to handle it differently. And so that's what it is. Like, I, I thought coaching, absolutely. Andy, Andy did a bad job in the entire game. I thought they were too conservative. They kept going back to the running game on 2nd and 10, even though Clyde Edwards-Alaire finished the game with 7 carries for zero yards. So went nowhere for all the, the two-week hype we had on Clyde. Mm-hmm. We're kind of back to reality a little bit today. But it's just like there, there's way too many things that went wrong in this game. It's not one. I mean, but and still, they still should have won it. That's how much better they were than the Colts. They did everything wrong, and the Colts just sat back and prayed that they'd have a chance at the end, and they did. Well, that brings us to offense stagnation. Um like you said, yeah, Chiefs running backs, 20 attempts for just 31 yards. Kelsey, somewhat of an off day, it felt like. And granted, he had a touchdown, but four receptions for just 58 yards. Obviously, that missed catch in the end zone that cost us a touchdown. What do we think about the offense? Well, I mean, it's outside of Mahomes. Well, and and even he wasn't perfect today. Um, you know, honestly, I think I think the the offensive problems can kind of be boiled down to one thing. First, by the way, Sky Moore got, I think, zero offensive snaps again. So we can talk about him somewhere in a later episode. But I think it would be boiled down to one thing. Their offensive line is not playing good. I don't know if I'm willing to say they're bad yet or they're not good, but they're not playing good. Orlando Brown Jr. looked terrible. He, he wasn't. It wasn't a good performance by him. And as a result of that, they played bad offense. It's not just not Orlando Brown Jr., multiple other people. Obviously, Wiley got dinged up and they got pushed around. But when you start looking through what they did offensively today, I, I feel like it boils down to am I is maybe I'm the only one thinking this, but the offensive line didn't play well, so they didn't play well in offense. Yeah, it's a chicken versus the egg, right? Like the offensive line was not great, but the one thing specifically I thought we knew about this O line was that while they may not have the guys to be an elite pass protection unit like Orlando Brown Jr., right? You bring him over from Baltimore even before that at Oklahoma. He was a grader. He was a big, bruising, run-blocking left tackle. And so you those those have all been built into the conversation about what kind of money he deserves in the offseason. But we thought, hey, the flip side is maybe the pass protection is not going to be as elite as you wanted it to be when you – brought in Orlando Brown Jr. when you brought in Joe Tooney when you drafted Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith. But these guys are going to be able to open up lanes for your run game. And the Chiefs run game was atrocious. It was abysmal today. They couldn't get any push up front. There were no lanes for any of these guys to, to run through. If you take away Patrick Mahomes rushing yards because he was the team's leading rusher today, the Chiefs running backs... Combined for 31 rushing yards on 20 attempts. If you're running the ball 20 times and you're picking up a little over a yard per carry, you're basically saying, well, Patrick Mahomes, be perfect today. 
because you are not going to get any complimentary help from your running game whatsoever. And that is such a tough ask. I don't care who the opponent is. I don't care who the quarterback is. When you're basically saying, go play perfect football because we can't run the ball, it makes your margin for error so incredibly thin. I wonder if we should be discussing this. Like the the players themselves obviously didn't play well, but uh, you know, the way you're describing it, like why the hell run it that much? You're having no success. They were a positive efficiency team when passing. They had a positive. You got to be able to run the ball. Like you have to run it with some level of competency. Sure. But today felt like because it wasn't working and they were, but like it kind of felt like this was one of those Andy Reid grinded out days. Like it's second and 10 and he's still running it because he's like, we can just grind out this win. We can do it, man. We can just run out clock and we can try to get to the finish line and this game won't look good, but we can do this. Like we can just get to the finish line because Andy has games like that. That's the only time we get mad at the way Andy runs the ball is when he tries to do this. Let's get to the, let's just do this. I don't care how it looks because Andy is openly admitted. He doesn't care about your fantasy team, nor should he. He's like, I'm just trying to get to the bitter end here where we have a win. But that's what I, I think that's what was so frustrating about just letting the clock tick down. It didn't really give it. There were still the splash plays, you know, I mean, that Kelsey little, you know, or the Juju sidearm whip throw down the field to put him in position. And I don't think we'd be thinking as bad about the offense. Reminder, they probably left 20 points on the board. They had a fake field goal. That's three. They had a missed field goal. That's three more. They, you know, they, uh, they got stopped. They settled for field goals two, two times inside the five yard line. There's eight more points. So if you're just looking at it from that perspective, you're like there's 14 more on the board before we even get anywhere, 14 more on the board, that would have been available to the Chiefs at that moment. And we wouldn't even be having this conversation because they would have scored 31 points if they could have just, in those moments, been efficient. Like, I don't think, like, as an entirety, like, the offense was a total failure. I thought there were some moments when it worked, but I don't know. Just because they couldn't complete those and then the special teams are so bad, it became a mess. On the bright side, were we encouraged by what we saw from Juju today? I mean, obviously, one of the biggest plays of the game for 53 yards, total of five receptions for 89 yards. Were we a little more comfortable with what we saw from him. He looks to I mean, be their the only play, receiver. Yeah, the big play was... That was nice, but I guess maybe this is unfair. Because we, we didn't even do anything with it, and, so yeah. Well, well that's because that's kind of where I'm at. It's, okay, is it unfair for me to look at the Chiefs' offense as a whole and knowing everything that happened in the offseason and bringing in all these new receivers and trying to sort of rework your offense without having Tyreek Hill it's going to be impossible for any of us to ever remove the thought of what the, the the loss of Hill means for this offense. And so Juju is going to be the biggest, the the biggest punching bag for that. Every time the chiefs have a game like this, this won't be the last off day the chiefs have offensively this season, but every time they have one of these games, I think we're going to look straight to Juju. We're going to say, Hey, you're the Tyreek replacement kind of need you to have a big impact on this game. Box score looks great. It was really one big play surrounded yeah. by four plays that like I don't even I couldn't even tell you where he got the other four catches from. So one in fairness was on a third and ten for a first down to keep a drive going, but that's right. The, that's right. Yeah. The the other three don't stand out to me. Just that other, just just that one, I guess. And yeah, it's really easy to cherry pick today and be like, well, like we need these these receivers to sort of step up because look at what's happening with the offense. You need more guys to chip in and kick into that bucket. But, I mean, I don't know if it's as much about Juju as much as it is 
the wide receiver core as a whole. Because McColl, I know he got banged up early. MVS is just kind of there. Sky Moore, like, uh, I don't know if that uh, that whole conversation about his role increasing is going to be happening after what we saw against Indy. So I just have questions about this wide receiver group. The questions that we had in the offseason three weeks in still kind of remain. I think we, we felt so good coming out of that first game because they dropped 44. And now in retrospect, clearly it was because the Cardinals, Cardinals were the least prepared team, maybe in NFL history, for an opening week game against a high-level competitor. So it's got their teeth kicked in. The last couple of teams have been able to get pressure on Mahomes without blitzing and have been able to stop the Chiefs rushing attack. And as a result of that, the they're getting in some of those like second and third and longs. And now, you know, the the issue remains where when they're in those spots, they still don't have the receivers that you can regularly trust. So they're still kind of going through that, I guess, is the problem. But I, I don't know. I mean, I don't feel good about the offense after that game. But I also don't feel like, wow, it's a lost cause. I just kind of thought maybe, in fairness, like, you know, this is kind of more how I thought it would look. When the season started, Nick, I thought it's going to take them like a month, six weeks, eight weeks to kind of find their footing. And now it's looking more like that. And still, it should have been enough offense to win the game today. All right. Well, that brings me to my next question. What do you guys think that we learned about the Chiefs as a whole today? Well, that it wasn't going to be as easy as probably the first couple of games made it look. I know they beat, I know they didn't look perfect against the Chargers, but to start 2 0 against the Chargers and the Cardinals. So you just felt like you're riding high, right? This is going great. We're going to beat this bad Colts team. Like, no, there's still going to be some like figuring it out. And look, Miami lost today, or Miami won today. So Buffalo lost. Bills lost. Raiders lost. Raiders are terrible. My that bodes God. well for us. Who would have, by the way, uh, I, I, I would have, I guess, won a lot of money in Vegas if I had chosen Kansas to be the last undefeated team in the area versus, you know, the Chiefs. <laughs> I would have I'd have won so much money. I, I was waiting for that rich. to come up. <laughs> well, unfortunately for you, Kayla, it's like our very first episode, you talked about Missouri football. And since then, it has not been going great. And Nick's riding high because his Kansas right, Jayhawks baby. are undefeated. They're 4-0. Terrible weekend. Receiving votes, receiving votes, knocking on the door. <laughs> Although, in fairness, K State's still ranked higher, at least as of today. They're like pretty much 25 and 26 okay. in the game. Don't get me started. Don't get me started on this because then we're going to talk Kansas football for the next We'll 20 save minutes. it for it. If you don't know this, Nick also Fair hosts us. a podcast on Kansas. So go download the Wave in the Wheat podcast if you want that specific content. But I, I think what I learned is, by the way, I one thing, I'll, t- I'll take a positive note here. There's a lot of things we could say. We could say, hey, I think we learned that. You know, there's still some more to do with the offense, or there's still some more to do with the wide receivers, some of the stuff we talked about. But I learned one thing today. The Chiefs' defense is good. Not good for rookies, not good for a young defense, not good for what they do. They're good. They're a good defense. They stopped the rushing attack for the third consecutive game. They have held down quarterbacks to below their normal average because, you know, Matt Ryan wasn't good today. They're getting a pass rush consistently. They got to Matt Ryan a lot. The blitzes were working. The regular pass rush was working. They're getting stops on fourth down. They're winning the the line of scrimmage battle. The defense is good. I think I think I learned that. I think that that's something that we can at least take away as a positive in this game because they don't look overmatched as a unit. Right. Can we just give credit to where credit is due? Mr. Nick Bolton, two sacks on the day, played his little There's heart out. Tiger. I was so proud, MIZ. Thank you. <laughs> he played really well, Kayla. Played great. I, is he At least someone guy? from Mizzou played great this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> not for not for the Tigers, but you know, still, 
yes. better than nothing. I, I know. I, I think your point on Nick Bolton is more than fair. He's, I mean, he's holding up Jonathan Taylor on a fourth and one situation. I mean, it's not, it's not to go unnoticed. Honestly, have, haven't they been the most consistent unit for three weeks? They've been the best unit on the, well, I mean, special teams today was just garbage, but they've been the best. They've been the most consistent unit out of the three, right? We all agree there. I hope. Agree. Yeah. I I'll say what I learned about the chiefs today is that they're going to have to win games like everybody else in the NFL, which is the first time that's been the case since Patrick Mahomes has been the quarterback. Like, I still think there will be moments where he can be that late game hero and do things that no other quarterback in the league can do. But for four quarters, the, the way that you used to be able to leverage defenses by having Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey on the field together, you simply will not have that luxury anymore. And we knew that. But we didn't know exactly what it would look like. And there's still built-in belief and faith that Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy can scheme guys into you know great situations and Mahomes can do the rest. And that will still happen. Like The Chiefs are still a good football team. But in terms of being able to sleepwalk your way to a win on the road against a bad team. We've always sort of felt that with Mahomes and the Chiefs. Like they'll find a way. They'll always find a way. And there's still some of that there, but it's just not going to be as easy as it used to be. I think that I, I, I think Juju will be okay. I think the receiving core is fine, but it's not the best in the league anymore. You don't have the best collection of weapons on offense. You, you, you're not top five. You might not be top 10. But you got the best quarterback and you got a head coach that you trust and a great play caller. All of those things still exist. But the reality for how the Chiefs are going to be able to win, can't walk into and play like that and expect to win. Like the fact that you even had a chance to win late in the game is probably a testament towards what you just said, Cody, the defense and the fact that Mahomes is still going to give you a handful of those plays every game. But the rest of it, it's all going to be different this year. And we saw that in a very uh, abrupt manner in Indianapolis. I did think that that Dunlap certainly looks like the guy they tried to sign. You know, like when you sign him, you're like, hope we get the eight sack guy. I know he's a little bit older, but we're, you know, like at that point, you are still just kind of hopeful that that's the kind of player he is. And he is that player. He's exactly as advertised. He plays like 40% of the snaps and like 15% of those snaps, he gets pressure, which is a perfect ratio for the amount that you're going to play him or expect to play him. So it's... You know, like I, I feel pretty good that that unit is going to hold up. And they're missing a couple of starters. Remember, Dana didn't play in this game. He's not a starter, but he was to begin the season. And he's essentially first man up in the rotation outside of those other two. Then in, and then, you know, like obviously they're missing Trip McDuffie. That's not right. It's not good. And they're missing Willie Gay. So the defense is still doing its thing. I mean, look, I don't think the Colts are a tough offense to stop, but. The Chiefs' run defense is better than it was last year. Their pass rush looks better than last year. Their secondary is at least as good as last year. I, I you know, um, I, you know, I feel, I feel good about it. I do. I think the offense has still got problems. There's a lot to catch up on, but like, I feel like I at least learned that, and that Andy Reid is still Andy Reid. He's gonna make. I learned that too. <laughs> He's just gonna make coaching stuff that makes you scratch your head once a year, and it's gonna make you pull your hair out. It's not Nathaniel Hackett bad, but it'll always make you frustrated. Cody, I know you were concerned about Orlando Brown having the single worst game as a chief. Do you want to elaborate on that? Uh, yeah, it, it, it was. I don't even know that it's arguable. He was getting shoved all over. I know on the one play that he like fell on his ass, he might have gotten pushed over by, he might have gotten tripped by Noah Gray. He false started 
No short of like 15 times today. They only called it once, but he had so many false starts. It was borderline egregious. They weren't calling it more. And he was getting beat, uh, beat consistently. And I wouldn't exactly call the Colts pass rush a murderer's row. It wasn't just him. I don't think he was alone. The offense wouldn't get, well, I was, it goes back to the kid. Let's make fun of the Colts team in general. They were without their best pass rusher. He didn't play. And Orlando Brown Jr. looked like garbage. He just didn't, he didn't play well. The offensive line didn't play well. And for as much as we say, hey, bet on yourself, Orlando Brown Jr. might be walking that back after three games. How do you think, do, like, if you could go back right now, if you had to decide after three games, like, well, decide now. You've already taken that contract they offered you, or you can play out the rest of the season. I think you'd be thinking a little bit harder about it than when he first turned down that money. Neither here nor there to completely change. Back to special teams. Do we know when we're getting Bucker back? Because I'm over this. Oh, uh, you're over. Well, they're they're over it too, by the way. I don't even trust the guy to make like a 42 yard field goal. You're not the only one. <laughs> they just straight up mailed it in today. They're like, we're not trying to kick. We we won't do that. Um, I don't know, Andy. He didn't practice, but he's a kicker, so I guess he doesn't have to, right, Nick? But they did say that swelling was up his leg. I don't even know what that means for a kicker. My, I've never had an ankle swell. So I don't know what bad that means for a human. Middle of my thigh. <laughs> I don't know what that means for any person, up regardless of profession. No, that's what he said. He said it was what, like. What is the specific injury? It was an ankle. It's an ankle Andy sprain. Would, yeah, Just but Andy can it. call it a high ankle sprain. Remember, he was very specific about avoiding that. I don't know why. He's like, I wouldn't call it a high ankle sprain. I'm like, Andy, his his leg is monstrous, according to your brief description. So it's like, it was obviously a problem. All right, something else we need to discuss is the little tiff that we saw between Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy going into the half. They had some words. Do we think this is a big deal? No deal. We've seen this happen before. I don't think it's a big deal. What do you guys think? I mean, Andy's telling you it's not a big deal. But as we discussed on last last week's episode, people lie. Andy's <laughs> like, if you heard the words, that was not a disagreement. I'm like, but I can see their faces and their mouths. And it looks like what people do when they disagree. Nick, I don't think you're like this, like this. And you're like, I do think that's a great point. We should actually just go into halftime and just <laughs> run the ball. Nobody acts like that if it's not a disagreement. It's look, it's fine that they disagree. Mahomes obviously didn't want to run it and just give up on the half because they had 30 seconds. And he thought, give me a chance to get the ball. And in fairness, if they had had to punt there, the Colts weren't going to try to score. They were perfectly fine with what that score was going into half, and they would have been fine going into half with that score. So Mahomes is right. EB chickened out. He decided, no, we're not going to do this, and we're not going to try to score. And as you know, because they lose by three, that could be the difference between a win and a loss. But I to your think- point, what if they were talking about something else? Like maybe BNME went with Allstate instead of State Farm. <laughs> maybe maybe yeah. they had a disagreement over insurance as they That's, get to the half. That- that's probably what Chris Jones and Matt Ryan were talking about. <laughs> He's like, you know, if you actually win the Super Bowl, the Colts this year, you can get all those endorsements like your boy, Matt Stafford. <laughs> Honestly, short of a physical confrontation, I don't care at all that people in a competitive environment are arguing in the midst of something that's not going their way. Right. I would almost be more concerned if they didn't have disagreements. Like you've got a play caller and a quarterback who want to win a Super Bowl and they're getting their ass kicked by a bad team on the road. Yeah, I would I, I would imagine there's going to be some frustration and disagreements there. And here's the here's the, the big part of it. 
We'll never know what they're arguing about. So to sit here and act as though it's a big deal that they're having, uh, they're not seeing eye to eye on something. Okay, cool. Well, unless we've got sources in the locker room that are going to tell us exactly what was said, we're just going to be left to speculate. And in the world of sports, coaches, players have disagreements, have arguments. I don't care at all. That is a, that's a nothing burger for me. That's it's not like, I don't look at that and say, well, I wonder if uh, Patrick Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy are, you know, having problems or not on the same page all the time. If there was a real problem between Eric Bieniemy and Patrick Mahomes, Eric Bieniemy wouldn't be here anymore. They they would have already solved that problem. His contract expired at least once, maybe twice. In the time, they just wouldn't have renewed it. They wouldn't even have to make the argument. Some other team in the NFL would have scooped him up pretty quickly. He'd have gone to some other team and they'd just been like, you know what? We hope that Eric Bieniemy finds new life in this new location, and maybe that's going to drive him towards the head coaching thing. Like, I don't view it as this, like, larger picture of, oh, they're doing it. But I think that they were wrong. Like, I think that Patrick Mahomes was right. And honestly, this goes back to, the, you know what this is, Nick? This goes back to the week one conversation we had about Russell Wilson and why we couldn't for the life of us understand that when they were getting ready to kick that, like, 98-yard field goal, he was just like, cool beans, guys, good luck. Hope the kick goes in. And he didn't seem like he had a problem with it. He didn't seem like he wanted to come on the field or argue that he deserved to be on the field. Like in Mahomes' case, we want that. He should always want to go for it. He should argue constantly to go for it. And it takes the coaches in those moments to be like, mm, not the time. And I think the way Eric Bieniemy was probably looking at it, Kayla, was the, the argument of this has not been a good half. There have been a thousand miscues, and I'm not going to let a miscue happen now. We're in the lead. That's fine. I'll see you in the third quarter. That's honestly how I think EB was thinking about it. it, it you know, that that's how I view it. And it looked like Andy kind of had to intervene too. Well, this reminds me of the champion conference championship game last year. Didn't Mahomes get in Andy's face about not going for it and instead going for the field goal? Well, and and to your point, Kayla, there's been rumors that Mahomes and EB weren't on the same page for a while. I've heard that, that was, yeah. That was one of the things that came out of that AFC title game is that people were trying to report the stories that Mahomes and Bienemy weren't getting along. That's why they thought maybe Bienemy's contract wouldn't be renewed. But again, if they didn't, if it was that big of a deal, would he be the offensive coordinator in 2022? His contract was done. They could have walked. They, they could have just went away. I, I don't... I don't know. I mean, it doesn't seem like that this is the big genesis of the problem, but because look, Nick and I might disagree with things before we go on the air. We might not see eye to eye on a topic or an issue or discussion. And it might come like, it might be a bit chippy or, you know, like, but it doesn't mean that we can't work together or there's some bigger problem in there. I just think that they're frustrated right now with the way they're playing offense. And I don't think that that's unfair to be worried about. And to Nick's point, healthy relationships do have arguments. It's a matter of whether or not they can forgive and move on. And hopefully this doesn't affect things going down the road. Did you see the Jets game where uh, I wasn't watching? I just saw on social media. One of the players and the coaches were in each other's faces, like screaming. At least we didn't get that. Yeah, I mean, and I guess if it was like Antonio Brown or something, I would be more worried about it being an issue down there. Or I don't know. Did you guys all see Ken Dorsey? absolutely lose his mind at the end of the Bills game. <laughs> his papers. And then like the one staffer decided to like cover the camera. He's like, you know, what? Guys, <laughs> and that's the end of that conversation. And now it's all over the internet. <laughs> it's like, oopsie, I knocked it over. I guess that's the end of the video of a guy losing his mind. <laughs> does, does the, 
in all seriousness, does the fact that the Bills lost today, does that soften the blow for the Chiefs? Yes. I mean, they're not apples to apples. The Bills lost to a team in Miami that might actually be pretty good. And the Chiefs lost to a team that got blown out by the Jaguars last week. So I know that they're not the same, but the fact that there's some like company and misery, maybe maybe that makes you feel a little bit better heading into Monday. It softens, it softens the blow, certainly, yes. I think that it's just like anything else. You're right, Nick, that from a public-facing perception, they're not created equal, nor should they. But from a win-loss perspective, they are. If this somehow matters that the Chiefs lost to the Colts for the number one seed, for their record in the division, more importantly, or any of those, you know, like, who cares? Like, it was nice that the Raiders lost today, too. So even though you dropped a bad game, the Raiders are 0-3. They're They're out of the division. It's done for them. I already thought it was done for them last week, but it's done, done now. And in, in the spirit of, uh, of openness, we're recording this right after the game. So right now, we don't know if the Chargers are going to lose their game, but they're down 13-7 to the Jags, and if they lose, then you'll feel even better. All right, Chargers go down, Bills go down. The only remaining undefeated team is Miami, and Tua, I don't know, the NFL says it's investigating how Tua handled his concussion because he couldn't walk, and then, I don't know, 10 minutes later was playing a football game. So, I mean, it's fine. You can come out of things feeling good, even if it went bad for your team, because the rest of the league sometimes will help you out. Okay. I feel like we need a bit of a palate cleanser. Um, we, got an annou- we got an announcement during the morning slate of games, early slate of games, if you will, and that is that Rihanna is the official halftime show of this year's Super Bowl. Are we excited about this? Okay. I, thought it was Taylor's- I thought it was Taylor Swift. Well, you guys, something you need to know about me. I am a huge Swifty. And when that rumor was circulating at the end of last week, I got so excited because she has never been able to do it because it's been the Pepsi halftime show. Well, she has a deal with Coke or Diet Coke. So she's never been able to do it because of the contracts and rights and all of that. So then we find out that it's the Apple Music halftime show now. So everyone immediately was like, Mm. oh, it's going to be Taylor Swift. This is why she's never been able to do it. Now she'll finally get her chance. And then today, Rihanna's like, holding up the football. Here I am. I'm so a little sad okay? because yeah. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I was really hoping it'd be Taylor. Let's, but, but let's be, I'll be honest too. Rihanna's better. She's a better musician. <laughs> You're not better performer. She's a better performer. She's a better have musician. You, Cody, have you been to a Taylor Swift concert? Uh, I no. God, have I been to Taylor? I have to think I've been to a lot of weird. Con- I don't know. I haven't. I was trying to think. I was like, I don't think so. No, I've never been to a Taylor Swift concert. So I guess I can't speak to, that but i guess i've seen clips of both of them so i mean i feel like from a performance standpoint rihanna's got a win here well right i mean it's on a show they both do she'll she'll put on a great performance i have no doubts i just feel like her music isn't like halftime show i want like i mean i'm not saying she doesn't have fast upbeat stuff but just like light happy pop i have no problem with light happy pop i listen to plenty of it but it doesn't (laughs) feel like super bowl halftime music like Rihanna's music feels more like Super Bowl halftime music. Isn't 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 Taylor Swift's catalog filled with breakup songs though? Like that's not the demo for a halftime show at a Super Bowl. Yes and no. It depends on what she was going through in that time of her life. She also transitioned from country to mainstream and pop at you know a few years ago. So she's got the upbeat, poppy stuff that doesn't necessarily have to do with breakups. I feel like I don't want to have I don't want to push this any farther with you, Kayla, because I feel like you'll destroy me with Taylor Swift facts if I just come we didn't with know. some BS. Yeah. I also knew that she transitioned as a country music performer, but I mean I don't know. 
I'm not going to pretend like I know everything about her personal life. She dated like John Mayer for a bit, right? Like every other female pop star. Dear John, one of her best songs came from that break. Dear John, like she didn't even hide it, by the way. You nope. imagine writing a song and just being like, this is a breakup song. And then most of the time people pretend that it's not about that. And then they're like, no, it's called Dear John. You just broke up with someone named John, right? Yeah, it's definitely about him. Not. <laughs> and do you know what's so great about that song? She even plays the guitar in that song. I don't know if she's playing, but the guitar player is playing the guitar like John Mayer does in that song. It's so good. Her level of petty is just my favorite. She'll always get the last word. Maybe she can just like show up in a cameo because they all have cameos. I was. They always do that. Yeah. yeah. Who's going to be with Rihanna, do we think? She's going to bring someone else out. Probably. I am openly ho hoping for one that makes no sense, uh, except for very few people who enjoy a, a television clip in Tom Holland. I'm I, if you haven't seen Tom Holland perform Rihanna's Umbrella, you are doing yourself a complete disservice. I have it's it's write this down. It's incredible for a guy who's not a professional musician or it's li he's lip syncing it. But the dance he does in relation, it's it's amazing. It's it's a, it's an amazing clip. Nick's looking very skeptical. Watch it, Nick, and then tell me if you think it dislikes. I no, I've seen you. the clip. I've okay. seen the clip. You look okay. so defensive. I'm going to share my fun fact for today. Uh. Can you guys believe this? Rihanna was the halftime performer at the Brute Sun Bowl my freshman year of college between the Mizzou Tigers and the Oregon State Beavers. Like, that's quite a rise. She was the halftime performance in 2007. What year? That was 2007? No, no, it was 2006. That's it? I mean, she hasn't put on wow. new music since then. Isn't really. that crazy? We were Look like, oh, cool, Rihanna. And then she just, like, blew up from there. Wasn't it, like, it was just... It was just this year that Creed was the halftime performer at like an Arizona State game, the Barstool like bowl game, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. It's yeah, like that's right. He, the, he, she was essentially on like like Creed, like Creed twenty years after their prime halftime shows, and now she's doing the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. That does feel like a nice come up. I'm not gonna lie. Good for Rihanna. Good for having Rihanna. a having a kid, having success. Feels like a good year for her. Well, I know my palate's been cleansed. All right, great. Let's close out the show with our <laughs> winners and losers from today. I don't even know where we want to go with this. Who wants to start? I'll start. Okay. My winner for today from the Chiefs game is the Miami Dolphins because they have Tyreek Hill and the Chiefs don't. And the Chiefs and Brett Veach made a decision. We'll see how it pans out. But as of right now, you know, three weeks into this season, I'd probably like to be on the other side of the coin, the side of the coin that has Tyreek Hill wearing number 10 in your jersey and running down the field and catching passes from Patrick Mahomes instead of Tua Tungavailoa. That's just me personally. It's easy for me to say this now because Orlando Brown Jr. just had his worst game as a Chief, and that was basically, basically the decision that the Chiefs made is that we're not going to give Tyreek Hill $30 million a year because we have a plan around the offensive line. We think our quarterback's good enough to get the job done. We're going to piece the weapons together. We're going to spend our money elsewhere. As of right now, I'm kind of wishing they had spent that money on Tyreek Hill. Now, this is revisionist history because at the time I said you can't pay a wide receiver $30 million. But now I'm, I'm willing to, to walk that one back. I think it's actually okay if you spend $30 million on a receiver because they could use him against Indy. You didn't list a winner yet, so we can circle no, back to that. Or who's the, the Dolphins. Your winner? The Dolphins. No, no, who's the, no, the, who's the Dolphins? Sorry, who's the loser? winner? Who's the, the loser? loser? The Chiefs. Oh, okay. okay. Well, no, I'll get more specific. Um, I think Orlando Brown Jr. was the loser from yeah. today's game. I think his argument for getting the money that he's going to want this offseason is becoming 
increasingly more difficult to make because he's not just asking to be paid like a top left tackle. He wants to be the top paid left tackle in football. And I don't know how you can justify that after getting your butt whooped against the Colts. If it's not him, it's Matt Amendola. They might not let him on the plane. Like, just catch an Uber, man. It's fine. It's not that much. Like eight hours. It'd be fine. Just send us the bill. We're not. They wouldn't let him kick today. It's not that he failed in every moment. He obviously failed. He missed an extra point and he missed a kick. And that's the difference of them winning. If he makes his extra point and he makes his kick, guess what? The Chiefs win 21 to 20 or 19 to 20, or they lose because they also, or like the Colts actually have to convert a two-point conversion or something. They lost the game also because of him. And whether Butker is ready next Sunday or not, will not make Matt Amadola's job any safe. When you don't trust your kicker to make a 42-yard field goal and instead would let Tommy Townsend throw a pass on fourth and 10, not fourth and one or two, not fourth and five, fourth and 10. An objectively difficult distance for anybody to get, let alone a kicker, you know, or like a punter in this case in Tommy Townsend. So Matt Amendola is very, very, very high on the list of, you know, guys who lost as a result of this game. I think the winner is Nick Bolton. You'd mentioned it earlier. We had said going into the season, and sometimes you can hype somebody up too much or bring them up too much, but we had said there's a pretty good chance that Nick Bolton might be a top three inside linebacker in the NFL, and I think it's fairly obvious he is. Even today, he did something he hadn't done his entire rookie season, rush the passer and get to him. So if he's going to add the element of you can occasionally send Nick Bolton after the quarterback too, then all the other stuff he does is gravy because he's a great tackler. He can defend. He's a great run stopper. He does everything you kind of want. The one thing he had never really done was pass rush in any capacity. And today I mean, he went unblocked, but he got after Matt Ryan and did that too. And when he was in on another sack. So I think that, that Nick Bolton was the big winner. I'm right there with you, Cody. I had Bolton as my winner for obvious reasons. Um, my mm. loser, my loser is the local CBS affiliate. I spent <laughs> I spent the first hour of that game trying to find this game anywhere I could to watch. Uh, it's not on CBS because apparently local news and motocross is more important during football season. The Chargers had the later game. Why aren't you still showing a football game during football season? It makes zero sense. I then Googled everything. I was trying to find a way to watch it on Twitter. I'd subscribe to NFL Plus. I subscribe to... Paramount Plus, CBS Plus, couldn't find it anywhere. I found it on NFL Plus, just the radio broadcast. So that's like so watching a game blind. Listen to Mitch, <laughs> love Mitch. Uh, I just like, I'm a visual person. I need to see it. Um, then a friend sent me a link to to watch it. Uh, maybe not the most ethical way. I paid $5 to watch it. Don't know it. anything about that. I, nope. I don't know anything about that. I'm not going to okay. name any names. What you got to do. Um, <laughs> it... it literally closed out every four minutes. So I had to then re go back in and enter information every four minutes for the rest of the game. I've yeah. never had a least enjoyable experience watching and a then, football game. And, and then, then they lose. And then in addition to that, CBS's actual game broadcast was garbage. It was all like glitchy yeah, and weird terrible. color. And <laughs> just like, it was weird looking. Like, I don't know. It was like they were doing it as like marinette, like blurry marinettes. That's what the whole game looked like. I don't know what the hell was going on there. It was so bizarre. That was brutal. Needless to say, I'm over this weekend. We're going to put it behind us. Moving ahead. All right. Do we feel good? Did we, did we get everything out that we needed to? Do we feel it's cathartic better? for now. Um, okay. I, no. Talk to me on Wednesday. It's like, okay, yeah. they lost. I'm mad. I'll be mad now. But by Wednesday, I'll talk myself into why it'll all fix. 
you know, somebody will, somebody will have to be positive on Wednesday. I tend to be the person to be like, it's not over. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not dissociative, angry guy on Twitter, but I'm like, they have real problems. Somebody on Wednesday, Nick, you, Kayla, somebody come with the like, no, they'll be fine. Everything will be fixed in a month. <laughs> well, I tweeted today that I'm quitting football. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> Between wow. Missouri and the Chiefs, I can't blame you. It was tough. <laughs> well, we will see the Chiefs back in action on Sunday Night Football next week at the Bucks. Hopefully some things change this week. Um, that is going to do it for us today. I am Kayla Canaram. That is Cody Tapp. That is Nick Schwert. Stay strong. Chiefs Kingdom will be back with you on Wednesday. Have a good one, everyone.